0: Oh, the Miami Hurricanes just took a transfer portal L to Lane Kiffin. Are we going to be okay?
1: You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dano, your host of Locked On Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida sports radio vet including post-game and pre-game on the Miami Hurricanes Radio Network and thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. Sorry we're coming to you a little bit later than usual here on Monday had some traveling this morning but better late than never and I think the guest that we're bringing on is going to help us make up for our tardiness today. Guys, thank you so much for supporting our YouTube channel, which is growing day by day. Uh, I'm blown away by the quick growth to that for our audio channel as well. New subscribers are being picked up every single day. And if we keep talking to awesome people like this, I think we're going to be in good shape. So let's bring on our guest for this episode. He has joined us before, so he is now a Locked On Canes veteran. Brad Tejeda is with us from canesinsight.com. Brad, how are you, sir?
1: Alex, good afternoon, man. Thank you again for letting me uh, hop on with you, man. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. And uh, like you mentioned, man, Locked on Canes, one of the best podcasts out there, man. It's growing, like you said. This this is the time, man. Off season, a lot of hype. Why not do it with one of the best channels and one of the best guys to toss Cane football?
0: Ed, totally, man. And listen, a lot of hype. There's been a lot of good things, recruiting-wise and transfer portal-wise, but you can't win them all, okay? And so we had the decision announced on Sunday Wide receiver Jalen Robinson, transfer from UCF. Miami was among a handful of schools that he was considering. Now, I had a conversation about Jalen with John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated last week, and he did say he thought – Ole Miss and Miami were probably the favorites, uh, and Ole Miss is where he made the first visit, the first official visit. He was being driven around in a in a Bentley by Lane Kiffin. Miami was the final visit he took before he announced on Sunday, but he did announce Ole Miss instead of Miami. And the way that I look at this, Mister Tejada, is I think this is a player we absolutely could have used, but I, you know, it's not any kind of a catastrophe. That he's not coming to Miami. I mean, I love what a great deep threat Jalen Robinson is. And Miami obviously has a very good deep throwing quarterback. And I'm sure Robinson did consider Miami with the TVD factor. Uh, So in your mind with Jalen Robinson, uh, were, were you expecting him to pick Miami? And if he had, what could have the Canes expected out of a player like this?
1: So, yeah, I think leading up um, to this past weekend, Alex, it seemed like Jalen Robinson was leaning towards Ole Miss until he arrived at Miami from everything I heard. And the visit went extremely well. And it almost came down to almost like the last 12 hours um, of his decision where ultimately it seemed like Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin um, were able to, you know, get that last word in, um, what, whether, whatever it was with Jalen Robinson. It ended up being the ultimate decision for him to take his talents to, to sip, as we know. But when you look at Jalen Robinson, right, when you go back and just as far as, you know, we always like to talk recruiting, right? This is a 2019 guy, three-star wide receiver. And uh, one thing that I think a lot of people need to realize about this particular player, he is a great, phenomenal football player on the football fields. as far as what he brings to the table and what the Miami Hurricanes needs. But also the program that Mario Cristobal and the standard that he is building for this program and the staff members he has in place, one thing that I know for a fact, Alex, is this staff puts character a lot into these kids that they bring on to this football team. And one thing you got to look at with a guy like Jalen Robinson, some things I have heard about him off the football field, some issues. Again, this is his third team already um, since 2019 going into college football, starting out with Oklahoma, going to UCF, and now with Ole Miss. And, I mean, like you said, man, he, he has the numbers, 979 yards. 55 receptions and six touchdowns last year. But one thing that we have knocked in Miami wide receivers in the past, that one thing I think a lot of people overlooked just based off some of his highlights, he did have quite a lot of drops back in 2020. I believe he led college football with 11 drops. So that is another thing to look out for. But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that we definitely could have used. But we'll, we'll dig in a little bit more into what we got currently on the football team and what we had to work with and what we got to look forward with.
0: Yeah, we're certainly going to get into that because, again, I don't want anyone to think, oh, what's with all the negativity on this episode? I I thought Dono was usually pretty optimistic on the Canes. Absolutely, because I said it at the top. This is a player Miami could have used. I don't think it's a player Miami needs. I think this could have been a nice icing on the cake type of luxury signing. But let's talk about another receiver who's in the portal. And this guy, he's he's taking his sweet time, right? He's getting wined and dined. And everyone on Twitter is talking about Jordan Addison, uh, who's uh, in the transfer portal from Pittsburgh. There was even some buzz a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he's considering staying at Pittsburgh. Most of the buzz that I've heard is pulling that player towards USC. But everyone that I've talked to says Miami's going to try, that Miami wants to be in the mix uh, that they would love to get, you know, ACC Coastal guy to stay in the Coastal to come down a little bit south. So, uh, Brad, what are you expecting the the ultimate decision from Jordan Addison to be? Yeah, I mean, with Jordan
1: Addison, you talk about this NIL stuff that's been happening in the past year, especially this offseason. He's at the top of the list. Everybody wants him. Like you said, he's getting wind and done. He knows that his value is doing nothing but skyrocketing per visit that he goes to. And he just came off a visit to Texas – Everything sounded good there with Coach Sarkeesian and obviously the new uh, elite quarterback in Quinn Harris, who has a lot of potential. Um, who knows what's going to happen with that, that would be a nice dynamic duo. But he does have an official visit coming up for USC, like you mentioned. And then following that, I do believe he is going to try to make it to Nick Saban in Alabama, yeah. um, which, I, again, man, you can't rule out the king and Nick Saban uh, when it comes to this transfer portal stuff. He already landed a, a elite guy in Tyler Harrell. Uh, coming out of Louisville, as we know. Um, And he has no problem going in the transfer portal again and getting another wide receiver. So watch out for Alabama. But in my opinion, right now it's between Texas and USC. And uh, Miami's been trying to push for a visit ever since Jordan Addison flirted that he was going in the transfer portal. Uh, And once that became official, they have done anything and everything they can to make it a, a, a promise to, hey, let's get you on and let's see what happens. The key to that, Alex, is going to be trying to get that visit. I hope we can get that visit. But as the timetable is looking right now and the visits ahead, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh,
0: is, is Miami close to done in the portal? Do you think we see a handful still come in or maybe just a guy or two here and there?
1: Um, I, I personally think that they're likely done. Um, I did see today that the um, UAB linebacker Chris Mole, who is also formerly from South Florida. Um, He was committed to UCF in the transfer portal. He just decommitted um, as of the last hour. Um, So he will be making an announcement in the next day or two. Who knows what happens with a linebacker like that. I know he is someone that we were interested in at the beginning, but I'm not sure if we are still interested in someone like him. And like I mentioned, with Alabama, they already grabbed Tyler Harrow out of Louisville. If they possibly land Jordan Addison, I wouldn't be surprised, even if they don't land Jordan Addison, Alex. The name to look out for is Jacoby Brooks out of Alabama. This is a player that is formerly from South Florida. The Miami natives know exactly who he is. He has a lot of former best friends on the current team of the Miami Hurricanes. And he has kind of fell through the depth chart, not only last season, but now adding a guy like Tyler Harrell and a bunch of other five-star guys. It's going to be very tough for someone like him to see the football field. Let's see what happens with a guy like him. I'm not so sure, but that's a name to look out for.
0: This is the sort of up-to-the-hour info we always get from Brad Tejeda, who joins us from uh, from canesinsight.com. And we're going to continue with Brad. I want to ask him when we come back about Miami's current crop of wide receivers. Because I'll tell you, man, I noticed there was a lot of knee-jerk reacting after the spring game. You saw a handful of drops, and it wasn't pretty at times, folks. It wasn't pretty, but a handful of drops, and everyone's like, oh, my God, we have no receivers. Like, what are we going to do? And now they don't want to come in through the portal. Well, we, Miami did get Frank Ladson in the portal, but not enough guys want to come in the portal. I want to address those concerns and also talk about recruiting the receiver position as well when we return. But, guys, all oh, I want to remind you, this episode is proudly brought to you by Built Bar imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs recently and I have never had anything like this before. I just ate a birthday cake puff like a half hour ago before before we started doing this episode and it really does taste like birthday cake frosting. It is crazy. And we can't promise that these are going to be here tomorrow. So go get them today at built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs yet, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake uh, enrobed in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. And yeah, guys, the sprinkles are really in there and they're awesome. With just 150 calories, 16 action-packed grams of protein, and only 9 Grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety into your day. All built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to built.com, use our promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make sure to go check out Locked on NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin, giving fans a high in-depth look into the NBA Draft, mock draft player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Dono joined by our pal Brad Tejeda from canesinsight.com and he's always bringing the insight. So all right, Brad, uh, let's assume Addison doesn't come in, you know, Miami doesn't get any more immediate help at wide receiver from the transfer portal. You know, they did lose their top two guys statistically from last year. Charleston Rambo had a monster season. Uh, Mike Harley had, you know, statistically one of the best careers for a wide receiver in the U set the career receptions record uh and so Miami is going to rely on a lot of guys that I really like they just haven't shown the consistency right like I'm a huge fan of uh, Xavier Restrepo, who I think is going to be a real safety net target, and he and Tyler Van Dyke are roommates. They have that great relationship. I love Keyshawn Smith. I love Jacoby George. Brashard Smith can end up being a weapon that can do a lot of different things. So, Brad, I got to ask you, do you think Miami is going to have enough consistency, and are they going to have a go-to guy at wide receiver next year?
1: First and foremost, Alex, got, they're got they going to
0: have to have the consistency in order for this
1: offense to take it to the next level. When you look at an offensive coordinator and a guy like Josh Gaddis, what he brings to the table, he is going to make the best opportunity out of these players. And he's going to have to get these players in the right position, put them in space, and use their opportunity to the best of their advantage. And what we're seeing here, not only in the transfer portal, but what you're seeing to start happening in this new recruiting class under this new staff, specifically under Josh Gattis's, they want wide receivers that they could take the top off and take that next gear on the next level. Um, and when you look at our current players on the on the roster right now, you got guys in Keyshawn Smith and Burchard Smith. Those are the two guys, in my opinion, that have those next burners, next gear to take it to the next level. But like you mentioned, none of these guys have been proven yet, but they're going to have to take that next step. At the end of the day, this is going to be a wide receiver by committee. And Josh Gaddis has shown in prior other teams that he, is coached at, that he is able to get the job done. He also uses the tight ends and the running backs very well, which is something that Miami's offense has done, obviously, extremely well in the past couple of years as well. Um, but, yeah, you talk about your top two leading receivers in Rambo and Harley leaving. They accounted for over 1,700 yards and 12 touchdowns this past season. And when you look at the current guys on the roster, between the seven main guys— that we've been talking about all spring they only account for 1200 yards and nine touchdowns between the seven players last season that is a big gap to fill alex and between the tight ends and the running backs someone's going to have to get the job done and the guy that i'm looking for to take that next step is romello brinson um he is someone that i think people have forgot this spring ball obviously due to an injury but we have seen flashes of him last year um he only had 90 yards and one touchdown. But that one touchdown catch made top ten sports center plays, and he is someone that anyone that has watched South Florida football, he is one of those guys that have always been high on the radar on every D1 uh, team out there. The guy could have went anywhere in the country. He decided to come to the U, and now it's his time to shine.
0: Uh, that That's well said, and I'm so glad you brought up Romelo Brinson because we haven't, like most people, we haven't brought that name up enough on this show. And uh, on that group as a whole, Brad – Uh, You know, something that I I can remember Tyler Van Dyke saying this right after the spring game, because in the spring game, there were a handful of drops like deep balls that should have been caught, weren't caught. And TVD went to bat for his guys, which is what you would always expect. Right. But he said afterwards. That's not a pattern like the drops that you saw today in the spring game have not been a pattern in spring ball. Do you agree with that? Like, is that the way you perceive spring practice? Or do you think TVD might have just been sort of standing up for his guys a little bit? I mean, I think it's a little
1: bit of both. Like you mentioned, as a quarterback, as a Heisman candidate, you want that guy to take the reins and kind of put all the blame on him. And that's kind of what he did. But at the same time, you can't give excuses to these players when the opportunity is given to them. You have to make the most of it. Because I'm one of those people that firmly believe that these players on the roster that we've been talking about do have what it takes. But unfortunately, they haven't had the right opportunities. And now that they do, they have to be able to execute. We can't keep giving the, the D. Wiggins and the Mark Pope passes anymore. These guys have to take on the realms and, and be that next guy. And talking to a guy like Xavier Restrepo, the game plan for that spring game was strictly to, to get the foundation of the run going and build that trenches – they weren't too worried about the game plan of the, of the wide receivers and passing the ball as much but then again it, it shouldn't be a cop out to catching those balls but that's something that needs to be gun, needs to be done in order to get to the next level and win the ACC
0: now Miami lost uh, in the portal Dazzlin Warsham who ended up at Auburn uh do, do you think like for the future cuz he he hadn't done a whole lot to this point but do you think this is a guy that they could have missed in his development or you know he, do you think he's going to go on to Auburn and do a whole lot is what I'm asking you?
1: So, I mean, I think Daz Worsham, he didn't get, again, this is a guy that didn't have any really opportunity last yeah. year for Miami. And you could see that he was finally starting to, to grow a little bit. Um, I know he was battling a lot of injuries um, his first year, which was keeping him, you know, uh, under a lot of other guys just because of how they wanted him to be used during practice because of his injury. Um, That now he was being able to get the full range and do what he wanted to do you saw a little glimpses and flashes of what Daz can be. Um, he is someone that I think definitely could have been useful in this program, especially this year, but I think he is going to do pretty well at Auburn. I could see him doing something maybe not the same, but a similar role what Anthony Schwartz, another former South Florida guy, um, did at Auburn. You know, he's not necessarily the speedster, but I think the route running um, and the catching ability that Daz Worsham has, he definitely um, has what it takes to, to do some things over at Auburn. So nothing but best of luck to him.
0: So let's stick with a wide receiver position. What do you see in the pipeline for the class of 2023? Who could you see coming in next year?
1: I mean, right off the bat, Alex, the first guy and the number one priority for this staff and pretty much any team in the country that's looking at South Florida guys is Jalen Brown out of Gulliver yeah. Prep. You're talking about a six foot one, 170 170-pound speedster. I mentioned earlier how we need to start recruiting guys that could take the top off for the next level, bring that safety in to have two guys to help on one guy. And Jalen Brown is exactly what you need in the type of receiver. When you look at Josh Gaddis, specifically of the type of guys that he recruits, not necessarily who he coached, but some of the guys that he's landed, Alex. You're talking about a guy in Justin Shorter that committed to Penn State, transferred to Florida, who's a speedster guy right you have another guy in Chris Godwin as we know what he's been doing in the next level in the NFL another speedster and then you got John Mechie former Alabama guy as well that is another guy that Josh Gaddis recruited by himself to land those are the type of guys that you're going to start seeing the molds of that Miami wants Jalen Brown definitely fits that mold and another name to look out for is Nathaniel Joseph like I mentioned the first time I was here on the show um, Miami Edison guy. Him and his younger brother, um, 2024 running back. Both of those guys had um, all of Alabama, uh, all of Clemson, and all of Miami staff uh, for the most part at their spring jamboree over the weekend. So he is another guy to watch out for. Um, and Tyler Williams and Hakeem Williams. Those were the two Williams guys that Miami had on their radar for a while. Um, and like I mentioned, it seems like they're trying to go more towards the speedsters, and those guys are more of a, a of a height type of Prototypical wide receiver that's going to be more used for their body. Me personally, I like Hakeem Williams a lot. I think he could be used at Miami, um, but Texas A&M and Alabama is now starting to flirt with him. So who knows what's going to happen with that recruitment?
0: When we come back, I got to put Mr. DeHeta on the spot here because I know he bleeds orange and green like no other. Uh, the the first player he considered his favorite because we threw that out there on Twitter a few days ago. Just kind of thinking, oh, this will be fun. Get a few responses. Hundreds of responses. I couldn't even go through all of them. It was crazy. I'll share mine with you. I want Brad to share his with you as well. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our proud partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, onto the Eastern Conference Finals for my Miami Heat. Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures, guys and. Got college football futures as well. Over under eight and a half for the Miami Hurricanes, three, uh, 30 to one odds for TVD for the Heisman. There's some really good stuff out there. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. And it was amazing, Brad. When we threw it out there, and by the way, everyone can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Make sure you follow us there. Threw out there was Friday or Saturday, just because. And and this was kind of a a generational test more than anything, because you can kind of tell how old someone is depending on their answer. But growing up, a Hurricanes fan, first player you considered to be your favorite. Now, for me, born in '84. Uh, Some of my early memories, 1991 National Championship. I don't remember 89 that well, 87, forget about it. I was like less than three years old at that time. And, you know, I got, I went on to see that quarterback win the Heisman in 1992. Gino Toretto was my first favorite. Like I've had a lot of favorites over the years. Gino Toretto was my guy. And Brad, when I threw it out there on Twitter, we got answers. uh, Anyone from... You know, a couple people said Ja'Cory Harris, which is like, wow, were you born like three years ago? This is crazy. People going (laughs) back to like the Ted Hendricks era, era to like George Myra Sr. Like some people going way back. Some people going a little bit more recent, had a Brad Kaya thrown in there, had a lot of Lamar Thomases, had obviously a lot of playmaker Michael Irvin's, had some Ray Lewis's, Ken Dorsey's, Warren Sapp. What about you, Brad? And I I know you're younger than me. I don't know exactly how much younger than me you are, but who was your first favorite Miami Hurricane?
1: Yeah, man. First and foremost, shout out to my guy, Lamar Thomas, another Gainesville native. As you know, I'm here up in Gainesville. Lamar Thomas is from Gainesville as well. So it's always good to hear that he's one of uh, Miami Hurricanes' very own favorite players, man. He's a great guy. Um, But so, yeah, I am 30. I'm about to be 30 years old, Alex. I got two kids. So I was born in 92. So when I look at the Miami Hurricanes football and what brought me to that original Orange Bowl to make me go, out and buy every single jersey every single hat make sure my dad made me decked out in orange and green and make sure i was on green tree whenever we had practice it had to be the one and only carol city's finest santana Moss. that's a good one
0: yeah and he, he he got some love as well he got quite a bit of love on there
1: man that 98 99 season i mean
0: not only what he did as a wide
1: receiver alex but the electrifying atmosphere that he brought to the stadium when he would return a punt was something that I will never forget. And I mean, being able to watch him as as a young kid and then being able to grow up a little bit more and being able to appreciate another great returner in Devin Hester made me put a lot more into what a guy like Santana Moss brought to this program. And he, he was just a fan favorite and Hey, our, our main guy, Mario Cristobal, as we know the bat signal, Anytime we get a guy, he drops that Santana Moss gift. That's
0: right. That's a great point. Wow. That's right. And and Santana, and it's funny, Santana Moss got a lot more love than Reggie Wayne did. And you know, same era, same draft class, and everything. But Santana Moss was definitely more fun just to watch with the return stuff. Because I remember, like, because you, I I was like sixteen years old when they won the two thousand one national championship, and like, I loved Reggie Wayne. I knew he was awesome, but Santana Moss was the guy that you got your popcorn out for.
1: That's for sure. And I mean, you talked a little earlier about cakes, man. I haven't, I haven't heard of a cake that delicious that you mentioned until the the white, orange, and blue congrats Tay cake that, that he got on uh, that recruiting when
0: oh, he picked Miami over
1: yeah. Florida. That, that was the most delicious cake I think I've heard of.
0: <laughs> well, listen, this is great stuff as always here. And, guys, for a wealth of recruiting insight and Miami Hurricanes insight from Kane's insight, you want to make sure you follow Brad Tejeda. Follow him on Twitter at Tejeda Brad. Brad, thank you so much, man, for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Anytime, Alex. I appreciate it always, and go Canes. Go Canes. Guys, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now go make Locked on ACC your second listen. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.